Welcome back to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, episode 91. Today, we did a fun little twist on the podcast, and Christina interviewed me on my fat loss phase these past 10 or 12 weeks to help show you all that you do not need to be perfect to see great results and some really key takeaways for fat loss that we hope that you walk away with. Now, we don't interrupt this show midway with sponsored ads or asking you for ratings and reviews, so while you're just getting settled, we ask that you just take two seconds to support our show by giving it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Ratings and reviews allow us to bring more knowledgeable and influential people onto the show for you to learn everything possible about science and sustainability with respect to your goals. If you like this episode in particular screenshot it and tag us on Instagram. Our handles are in the show notes to show your support. One share could go a really long way and could be the catalyst for someone in your life to transform their body, their health, and their fitness for good. And of course, it helps the show grow too. And we appreciate that. Thanks again for listening. We don't take your attention for granted. So let's get right into it. Episode number 91, Shredding for the Wedding. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lynn, and I'm here with my co-host, Marissa Roy. And in today's episode, we're going to be interviewing Marissa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, just for everybody's knowledge, this was uh, Christina's idea. So I'm going to let you take the reins <laughs> on this because like, I, I obviously know I can talk about myself, but yeah, I'm interested to hear what kind of direction you wanted to take this in. So yeah, take us away. Yeah. So I just thought that this would be kind of like a fun shredding for the wedding episode. And we always talk about, um, obviously we talk about our own clients and we talk about our own experiences, but I thought that this would be really interesting from, I guess the coaches fat loss phase and what you specifically went through challenges that you had to overcome and see if like our clients or or anyone who's listening can relate. And, you know, we talk about it all the time. We're not robots. (laughs) We mess up. We do, you know, things from time to time, but I just thought it'd be really fun to see how things are going. But before we dive in, uh, it's wedding week. How are you feeling? Yeah, it is wedding week. We get married uh, when we're recording this, it's the 17th. So we get married in four days on Sunday. If I have the countdown right, it's yeah, it's four days. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, no, I'm really excited. Uh, People start coming into town tomorrow. So kind of all the hustle and bustle starts tomorrow I have a bunch of like appointments like I have trial makeup on tomorrow morning I have Mm. um, a wax appointment I have nails Um, actually Aaron and I are going together he's getting his first mani-pedi just no polish obviously but but yeah that'll be fun and then uh, we actually might go see uh, Brett Eldridge tomorrow night um, because he'll be in Charlotte so we were like why not Uh, but yeah, yeah all the craziness starts tomorrow um but I'm really just excited to have everybody here because only a like couple people have really even seen our house like my mom hasn't even seen our house Mm. um so it's going to be kind of a fun housewarming event as well and I'm excited to have you here and uh yeah just celebrate with everybody I think it you know to have all of our closest friends and family it sounds so cheesy saying it but to have all of our closest friends and family like with us um just for a special day like that is like really, really special. So I, I guess, 
yeah, uh, praying that the weather turns out because right now it's like the forecast isn't great, but uh, hopefully there will be a miracle for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, rain on your wedding day is supposed to be good luck. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, it then that's good. <laughs> poured. It poured the night before our wedding and the morning of, and it cleared up. I don't know if you remember that. I do. Cause I remember we were outside and like, yeah. I wasn't drenched. So something <laughs> went right. <laughs> yeah. And so it was really funny. It was like, we had to make the call by noon for mm. our five or 6 PM, like ceremony. Yeah. And I just was like, let's do it outside. <laughs> I just crossed my fingers and it all worked out. So hopefully, wow. uh, hopefully the weather will change by Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. It's like 50% right now. It's like scattered mm -hmm. thunderstorms. So there's a very good chance that it could just be like in and out, um, quick little thunderstorm, like a Florida rain, you know? Yeah. Hopefully but we'll see. Well, let's kind of dive in to what you did to prepare for the wedding. So I guess first things first is like, I guess, kind of setting the context. So you wanted to lose a little bit of weight for your wedding, which is completely normal. And we have a lot of clients that come to us with that exact same scenario. So how far out did you start your cut? I believe I started it 12 weeks out, um, I think. And yeah, the context was just kind of like, uh, and we've talked about this on prior episodes as well, but if you're new, uh, I just was kind of in a a big phase of change in my life. Not only were we engaged and getting married soon, but uh, also basically uh, moved states. And I think that was about 16 weeks ago. So yeah, like we kind of started dialing things in a little bit after we moved, but honestly, not really. I was just trying to like get, get my bearings. But after we hosted our staff retreat in the early June, that was 12 weeks out. And I think it doesn't sound right. Maybe it was less, but either way, after early June was when we really dialed it in and like actually started a fat loss phase. And I'd just been kind of in a, in a phase of a lot of change, moving states, all the last time I'm going to eat here type of deal things. And just was not in a place where I felt like really great in my body. And we did commit to having a wedding like 10, 12 weeks out and just booked a venue right away. And then I was like, oh shit, this is actually <laughs> happening. And like, didn't have a dress, didn't have any preparation. Like people plan this shit like a year and a half out. So I, like, we were literally insane, but we did it and it's happening Sunday and we're ready. So, uh, so yeah, it was just a lot of change all at once. And so that's a really hard time to start a fat loss phase. And so to get myself in the right headspace was really difficult. And what I will say is like a big part of it. And, you know, this, uh, you know, I feel like some people might, other coaches might look at this as like, oh, it's a weakness because you can't just like make this decision and stick to it for yourself. But like it, a big part of it was like Aaron also committing to his fat loss phase for the wedding as well. Because like, if you're with somebody and they're your partner and they're just like, they want to eat out all the time and they want to have extra dessert and they want you to eat with them and all of this stuff. Like it can definitely affect whether or not you see progress. And yes, you can set boundaries and say no and all of that, but that is also exhausting. So it just played a really big role in me actually being able to commit of just making it easier because the mental burden of all the change was a lot already. So I think just being in on it together really set us up for success. 
Yeah. I think that's a really, really good point to emphasize because I have a lot of clients that will come to me and say, like, I'm like, my husband is like my partner in crime. Like when we go out together, you know, if we stay in and have, you know, not cheat night, you know, but eat, you know, <laughs> things that they don't normally eat throughout the week and, and things like that can be really difficult if you decide to change up your eating habits because they feel like, well, I no longer can do that. And so I'm thinking of a really funny Instagram reel where someone was like, offered her husband. She's like, Oh, do you want dessert? He's like, no, no, thanks. And she's like, what? <laughs> he's like, no, I'm good. And she's like, come on. Like you have to eat it with me. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm good. I don't want it. And she's like, you have to eat it with me. Like, I can't eat this by myself. And he's like, just eat it by yourself. She's like, I can't. <laughs> yeah. So kind of that idea, which is, it's so interesting. Like sometimes we just need other people to do it with us. And I don't know if it's like a validation thing or if it's just like a social thing or whatever it might be. So, um, I I've heard that a lot from clients that say like, I am having a really hard time because my spouse isn't on board. So mm -hmm. I think that pointing that out, they're like, Hey, you struggle with that too. So did Aaron finally commit to a fat loss phase with you? Like what made that easier? Yeah. Um, I will say I did I was listening to Cody McBroom's podcast and he actually brought that into question once. And he was like, he was like, do you don't really need someone to eat something with you unless it's like masking maybe an insecurity of like, you don't want to feel bad eating it all by yourself. Like a mm -hmm. lot of times I feel like it is kind of a guilt thing of like, mm -hmm. I shouldn't be doing this, but if someone does it with me, then it's okay. Right. Right. Um, but like how he, he explained his dynamic with his wife and how they've basically had enough communication to the point where it's like, Hey, this is his goals. I want you to eat the damn thing by yourself. So if that's really what you want. Just, just F do it. <laughs> and, yeah. and they've been able to find peace with that. But I think that's really hard for a lot of couples, especially if they're not like, you know, at that point in their health and fitness journey, like even we're not right. And so, um, I think that's a good thing to reflect on is, it, you know, if you feel the need to have your partner eat with you, if you feel the need to join in with your partner and they're kind of egging you on to do that, I challenge you to just curiously and friend in a friendly way, ask them the question, like, why is that? Why do you yeah. want me to eat that with you? What, what extra satisfaction does that bring you and see where that question goes? Because that would be really interesting to figure out. Um, he did commit to a fat loss phase. Uh, I think like, yeah, basically around the same time after the retreat with our staff uh, was really when we were able to uh, crack down a little bit more. I mean, really not that much more because we kept like traveling throughout, which we'll get into, I'm sure. But yeah, so he was much more committed to it and uh, definitely took lead on like just cooking a lot because mm. like just meal prep is probably one of the bigger barriers as well. And he likes to grill. And so he had a nice grill since we moved. Um, we were able to put it on our back porch and he basically has used that more than either of us have used the kitchen combined since we've moved. So that's yeah. helped a lot. Uh, was just that preparation from him. Mm -hmm. So I guess when you, when you started the episode and you said that, you know, you had started about 12, maybe 10 ish weeks out, what was your, like, did you have a goal in mind? Did you have something that you're working towards? Like kind of walk me through like what you were trying to achieve. Yeah. So this is funny because every single time I start a fat loss phase, um, and, and we'll get into like future goals later, but like, I usually fluctuate between like 143 and 155. 
is like where I will fluctuate back and forth between. Um, and it's usually just like winter, I either just try to maintain or I intentionally try to grow and gain mass, um, just for the sake of bodybuilding and that cycle of gaining, losing all of that. Um, or I just, you know, get a little lazy and, you know, I let it, I let the weight come on and I'm not really doing anything about it. Uh, but every time I, I start a fat loss phase, I always say that my goal is I want to break into the one thirties. And that is always like 143, 142 is like a huge sticking point for me. I don't know if mentally, but, or physically, but, um, basically the goal was again, break the one forties, see if I could do that. Um, and lose about 10 to 15 pounds, uh, just cause I know what I look like at that weight body composition wise. Uh, so yeah, those were kind of my expectations, but you know, the funny part of it is I always get to like 145, and then I'm just content. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's really hard to push forward because like at that point, it's truly not that worth it to me yeah. to continue sacrificing X, Y, and Z, uh, when I'm not unhappy with my body. And I think that's a place where a lot of people get stuck and then they feel discouraged and then they backslide it but if they just took the time to realize that they're actually happy there and that's why they're not pushing farther that they would actually be able to find a good like happy spot yeah and that reminds me of the episode that we did where it's like it's not just five pounds so it's yeah. like is that five pounds like really worth it to have to do all that extra cardio to be like extra diligent with nutrition and like with you and everything that you have going on it's like no I'm just I'm not ready to commit to that yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So what, what, well, I guess, what is your way? Like, what have you accomplished so far? Yeah. So we're four days out and I'm basically hitting, uh, consistently in the one forty threes. So I think roughly like 10 pounds or so since like my heaviest, um, uh, this spring. So mm -hmm. good with that. Happy with it. Um, I think the biggest takeaway though, is like, at this point, anything that I've, I've lost moving forward, it's just been a bonus. Like ever since I hit like 145, I was like, well, if I go lower than this, then that's great. Like my dress fits. And like, I tried it on last Wednesday after it got altered and like mm. fits perfectly, like no issues there. So, um, yeah, it's really just like, uh, just, I, I was just kind of content there, but you know, we'll see what happens if I just kind of stick to my numbers a little bit and see what happens. But, um, but yeah, I think, that's where I'm at. And then the biggest thing mentally has just been the shift of enjoying training again, even though it's mm. a totally different mode of training. Mm -hmm. Um, when we had moved, I knew I wanted to start trying CrossFit. I didn't know really what direction that would take me in of like, if I would love it and I would just like dive all in, or if I would just do it a couple of times a week, I thought mm. I would just do it a couple of times a week, honestly, but, um, it's honestly been a really good cap to the end of my day. So like every day or most days at either five or six, depending on if it's Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, uh, it's the end to my day. Like I have to leave by a certain time to get to the class. So that's when work ends and it's a great transition. Um, I'm back to training in the evenings and I'm just really, really enjoying kind of not having my phone on me while I'm doing it. Um, not really being able to be distracted and just like having to do whatever's on the freaking board that day, which sucks because like there's things that I would avoid because I just didn't want to do them. And is CrossFit the best thing for like optimal fat loss question mark, um, honestly, but 
Is it getting me moving in a way that I enjoy? Is it putting my body through movement patterns and strength and challenging myself uh, in ways that make me not lose muscle? Yes. And am I increasing my output through it? Yes. So it's what I needed. Um, is it the absolute best thing compared to a structured training program and assigned cardio or steps? Maybe not, but um, you know, I think it's worked for me up to this point. Yeah. And, and it, like we always talk about, like coaches need coaches too. And like part of the reason is because we spend so much time with our energy and our clients and other places that when it comes to our own plan, we don't want to think about it. It's just like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. So it's kind of like showing up to CrossFit, like whatever's on the board, I just have to do, but at least I don't have to think about it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly really helpful in that way. Um, so yeah, that's what, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, I think it, it's, you know, you had this like, Hey, I want to lose 10 to 15 pounds, but you started 12 weeks out. It wasn't like, you know, a week ago or a couple weeks ago, you're like, Oh my gosh, I have to detox and do all this crazy stuff. So walk us through, um, I guess what you've kind of done with your nutrition. Uh, you just went over training, uh, what was cardio look like? Do you have a step goal? Mm -hmm. Anything like that? Mm. Yeah. So nutrition wise, um, I can't remember if I had stopped tracking macros before we moved or if I was still doing it, but, um, but I was tracking macros and, um, my coach, what basically whenever we start a fat loss phase, uh, he knows that, you know, I could see some progress if we just like eased our way into it, but like, my, my metabolism can be fairly adaptive. And also for the past, I'll be honest, like eight to 12 months or so, like my adherence as a whole has been completely different than the person that I used to be. I used to be the person where like I hit my macros within five grams every day and I was just consistent. And like, it was just never a variable that I actually worried about. Um, ever since like, honestly, September of last year, I have been a lot more hit or miss and I've talked about it a lot, but like, it's just been like a capacity thing. Like I just didn't have the mental capacity to really make myself be that rigid in that area of my life. Maybe it's a little bit of burnout of doing it for so long, but I was just like, you know, I'd go over here and there. I would not track on a week weekend. I would, you know, take a day off. I would go over my targets knowingly, like all conscious decisions, but it was just like, it was not a priority to be like a, a food Nazi. So yeah, that all we had to take into account when we started the fat loss phase. And I kind of will do this with clients too, is like, if I am knowingly going over my macros two or three days out of the week and then like hitting them fairly well uh, the other days of the week and I'm going to make an adjustment if that is the reality and I'm not going to dial it and say I'm going to hit these seven days a week then I have to make the adjustment understanding that there has to be that room for error right so I didn't yeah. go so I had to basically make a much larger decrease up front to my macros understanding that I would basically be off by the same margin, just at a lower target. And that's exactly what happened. So, um, and so this can backfire for people a lot of times because they will basically set their targets really low to compensate and then 
still be over by a greater margin. I think that's where it can be really problematic. But for myself, it's really just like this mental game where I, I play it with myself all the time and I'm like sitting there and my carbs are finished, but I really want an ice cream bar or a little extra cereal. And I'll justify with myself, like you can have 10 more grams of carbs. It's fine. Or like whatever it is. And so I know that the margin that I'm off by is still the same amount. It's just like targets were up here and I was off by 10% or 20%. And then if we lower the targets, then I'll be off by 10 or 20% there. Um, so I had made the adjustments to like, for example, nutrition with a cut that large, like I going from probably 2000 calories to like 1500 right off the bat. Um, it's just changing out a lot of direct carb sources. So instead of having like a potato or rice or, you know, something like that at every meal, I kept my breakfast the same with oatmeal and fruit, but lunch would just be like a vegetable and a protein and some kind of sauce or fat source. And then dinner would be kind of the same. And then I would save all of my carbs for breakfast and before bed. So, <laughs> and then I would allow myself that margin of error at those meals. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically that's how I approached it. And it's definitely not best practice, like saying, <laughs> saying it out loud. I'm like, God damn, Marissa, you're a mess. But, um, but it was just the reality. And I think the, the point of all of that is I had come to terms with what the reality was and we made the adjustments necessary to see forward movement despite that, rather than trying to strive for some ideal that I would never hit and basically, you know, leading ourselves to failure that way, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, yeah. And then you said, uh, steps and cardio. So cardio, thankfully getting my heart rate up has been better than ever. And I actually am in better aerobic shape than I've been in, in a very long time. Thanks to CrossFit. So that's great because I feel good about that good. in terms of step goal. Um, CrossFit basically has done a lot of that for me because there's so much moving around in a class that like my step count for the day will go up. Um, but other than that, we have been just trying to either play ping pong or go to the tennis courts or go on a walk in the evenings when it gets cooler out. Cause it's hot in North Carolina, but, um, step goal, I was pushing with it better, uh, earlier on in the cut, this week I've been glued to this seat because I am trying to tie up every loose end before we go off the off work for a week. So I have not been getting my steps in this week, but generally speaking, uh, I just try to keep it within the range of seven to 10 K steps per day on average. And that's not super high uh, for most people. And I think it's another one of the reasons why I tend to expect progress slower. If I committed to seeing, you know, a 12 plus thousand step count per day, I'd probably see a lot faster progress, but it just isn't realistic or enjoyable for me really. So, yeah. So I think that's really important to point out that like, you know yourself <laughs> and you know that, you know, if you were to give yourself like very specific macros, you're like, I know I'm going to go over. Like, I know that like, like you're, you're making a conscious decision. So you're trying to work around it rather than like, Oh, I just, I just need to be more disciplined this week. It's like, I just know that it's not that like 
important (laughs) or like that big of a thing. So you're, you're just making adjustments. And the same thing with step counts. It's like, Hey, I know that like, I'm making this conscious decision. I could probably see more and quicker results, but like, it takes a lot for me because I'm glued to my computer to get up and move around. So I'm just going to make it where it's like something that's kind of out of my reach that I have to work for a little bit, but it's not something that's going to consume my entire day or have to go out of my way to get this done. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's probably, you know, a teachable moment for a lot of people is like to really know yourself and have awareness around that so that you can actually plan for what is rather than what you think you should be doing or what the ideal would be. So yeah, that is, uh, that's what we did. Okay, cool. So I think that, you know, we have a a much better idea of what you were doing. Uh, let me ask you about your nutrition. Uh, did you change your targets? throughout the 12 weeks or was it pretty steady with weight loss? I think we changed them once. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just a carb drop, a a small carbon fat drop. Um, towards the middle, I had, I think I probably hit like 145 or so was toggling there Mm -hmm. 45, 146. If I look at the data, I have all of it out and written out, but uh, I think that's where I was kind of hovering. And then I was like, I really want to see sub 145, 144. So I'm willing to actually try to push this a little bit more. So we dropped carbs, I think by like 15 grams and then fat by like another five. And uh, yeah, that's where they've been. Uh, honestly, just one change. And it, it a big part of it just relied on like me actually adhering more for a couple of weeks in a row. Um, (laughs) and once I did that, like weight started falling off. Um, and so it was kind of, it's kind of just been a balancing game of like dialing in whenever I can. And like, Mm -hmm. when I have the bandwidth to do that, I will do it. And then when I'm not dialing it in, I'm basically holding steady and it's very predictable. I think that's the one thing is like people often are really confused and frustrated to why they can't lose weight. And a big part of it is like, I have the data. It literally shows that when I do what I'm supposed to do, I see results. And when I don't do what I'm supposed to do, I don't see results. And I just hold mm-hmm. steady. It's yeah. very, very predictable. So it's like just the peace in knowing that I have control over it and it's just a choice. Um, and it's, it's a bandwidth issue for me. So it's just like, do I have the mental energy to give to this at, at any point? Yeah. And I think that's a really good point too, that you know, we'll have clients and I'm sure you have the exact same experience, you know, a couple weeks in, they're like, why am I not seeing progress? And, you know, you're like, well, it's only been a couple of weeks. So let's just give it a little bit more time. Or we have someone that's been with us maybe a couple months, you know, maybe three or four. And they're like, I don't understand why I'm not seeing uh, as quick a progress. And it's like, well, let's take a look at your log. Um, and hopefully this isn't a conversation, you know, three or four months in, but it's like, all right, well, let's take a look at from an adherence standpoint, like, are you hitting your targets like pretty, you know, reasonably every single week? Well, you know, I went out to uh, dinner and I went over this, I went over here, I had this, I had this and I went over and I went over and I didn't hit this. And it's like, okay, well then we're probably going to see a little bit slower progress than you would like. And talking, like you said, like about those conscious decisions. And it's like, if you were a hundred percent spot on, yeah, we'd probably see a little bit more progress, but are you going to enjoy yourself during that time as well? So trying to find that balance between like, okay, I have to be strict, but how strict do I need to be? And how important is it that I reach my goals? Yeah. And how 
enjoyable do you need it to be? Like, are you good with just kind of like suffering for a little bit and like getting it done? Like, cool. You can see really fast results if you're at peace with that. But most people tend to not want to sacrifice that, right? Of like just general feeling like that overall quality of life. And then I will also say on the flip side, a lot of times people think that it's like a, a mutually exclusive thing where like you can either uh enjoy your life and cut and see results slower or uh suffer and sacrifice and see faster <laughs> results when in all reality a lot of times what i found is when people commit to say a faster approach or they they do choose that route where they think oh it's going to be so hard or whatever they actually do it and they're like actually my life's not that different like it's actually fine and my life is actually fine um i just like had this mental block that I thought it would be worse. Um, so there are situations where people think, you know, they go into that and, you know, for example, restrictive diets and weight watchers and all that bullshit, and (laughs) it is too much and it is restrictive and it is damaging their quality of life. But a lot of it, I think is a perspective thing and a big picture being able to see the big picture. So if you actually approach it the right way, um, you know, those quote unquote sacrifices won't eat into your quality of life as much as they, had with like prior experiences with like shitty approaches yeah that reminds me of one of my clients she just recently ended a cut and she was like I actually enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would yeah (laughs) and she was like a lot of like in the past I have done these diets and I'm just like counting down the days until it's over and I can eat how I want again and she was like this has been amazing like yeah the results haven't been as quick because, you know, you aren't dropping like four, five pounds a week because it's not anything super restrictive. Um, but that's also an indication like, hey, these results are probably going to last once your diet is over. And it's like, we always talk about the dial. It's like, all right, let's take that dial, turn it down a little again, little bit again, but then just kind of hang out here with those habits that we've established. But I, I love that perspective where it's like, Hey, this may not be as bad as you think. And I think a lot of times it is how a client is perceiving what they're going through. And that can make a a really, really big difference in their actions and just how they're feeling day in and day out with their quote unquote diet. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of the dial, (laughs) I probably didn't go above 65, 70% for this whole cut, yeah. which is actually kind of cool in hindsight to be like, wow, I lost like 10 pounds, like at 70% effort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and kind of like almost not taking myself too seriously. Um, so that's, that's kind of a cool reflection as well. Yeah. And I, and I like too, where you didn't have to be super strict with your nutrition, which I really like that you've been able to not intuitively, cause you have been tracking, but just kind of like not really making too many adjustments, just kind of like holding steady and just doing what you know that you need to do. And it worked. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. especially with all the, I mean, one part of this cut was the fact that I took like five or six road trips in the past 10 weeks <laughs> and was basically out of town every weekend. And one weekend I actually traveled twice uh, with a road trip and a flight. So it was just a lot of moving around and making shit work on the go. Um, so I think in those cases, it's even more important to not expect perfection out of yourself, but most importantly, just to expect yourself to do your best um, and make sure that you try to work with the curveballs that you will inevitably be thrown. So 
Yeah. So I was going to ask about that because I know that you and Aaron like to eat out. You've been traveling. So how were you able to incorporate that within your cut? Well, thankfully, uh, we live far away from things now. <laughs> so like we're only 15 minutes yeah. from like pretty much everything, but still that 15 minutes, it's not three minutes anymore. It's not across the street. So we're not eating out on weeknights pretty much at all anymore, which is honestly so nice. So we just kind of have a repeat going on, on the weekdays. And then on the weekends, it's like, um, we have made a conscious effort to eat more meals from home on the weekend. So at least like a breakfast, lunch, and then eating out once or twice rather than like all the meals every day of the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, and then mainly with like the travel, uh, I just bring, protein and my greens and my frother and I kind of just make do as I go so I'll mm -hmm. grab a protein shake at a gas station I'll make sure I get the Chick-fil-a grilled stuff at any time I stop especially road trips um just making sure I'm making smart decisions on the road because mm -hmm. whenever I get to where I'm get going that's where quote unquote the damage could be done is like at restaurants rather than like what you pick up at the gas station there's so many options at this point of egg whites and chicken breasts and turkey breasts and all this stuff so that's really what we've done and we have done a lot of the trade-offs that we've talked about with uh eating out versus cooking from home like just doing that a lot more with like Aaron's support and his own commitment to himself and honestly I'm super proud of him he's lost like nearly 25 pounds in the same amount of time that I lost 10 of course <laughs> um because his body just did not want to be where it was and he really took took ownership and the weight honestly just fell off yeah that's awesome so um tell us I guess what your plans are now after your cut after the wedding what do you plan to do yeah so this is actually interesting and I'm excited to share this. Um, so one, I'm actually not working with a coach anymore. I'm actually going to be collaborating with Aaron and just myself on my goals moving forward for a little while. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm actually going to do something that's really uncomfortable for me, which is not let that cycle that I was talking about, um, earlier of like, I shred down for the summer I lose the same 10 pounds and then I let the weight come back on over the winter. Uh, my goal is to actually uh, not allow that to happen, but be able to truly eat intuitively and not mm. track and not let that cycle come about again. And that's honestly probably going to be really hard. Um, and it's scary to think about, but it's the one thing I haven't done. And I haven't proven to myself that like you are capable of this. Um, so transition. So I'm going to reverse diet first, um, get my calories back up. Then I'm going to really build out like, what does my day of eating look like? And then be able to then transition to um, just mindfully eating and planning out my food and my meals, but not tracking macros, um, which is something I haven't really done intentionally other than just like oh, I'm taking a break from this uh <laughs> really ever so yeah. working towards truly uh being able to just sustain my weight loss my physique my overall body composition which I think with CrossFit I'll be honest I think it's let me get away with a lot in this cut from all mm -hmm. the high high metabolic stress stuff that I've had I've been doing workout wise so I think that'll help with the ease of it all and maintaining that balance but uh, but yeah, that's the next 
venture. Um, yeah. And it's going to be uncomfortable because I think it's, it's easy to dial it in for a season and then let the weight slowly come back on yeah. over time. It's, it's actually very comfortable, especially being a bodybuilder. Uh, that is what you do. That's literally what you do on purpose. And so it's kind of breaking out of that narrative of like, this is what happens on a yearly cycle to mm -hmm. how do I actually find true maintenance and peace intuitively and be able to feel confident sustaining that. So yeah. that's the next venture. Well, I think that that's a really, really good point that you said like, Hey, I'm going to intuitively eat but I need to reverse first. <laughs> like that's yeah. really, really important. Um, and that's something you don't want to skip because you, for a lot of people, when they end a cut, their hunger cues are, are off. So you're going to be hungry. Um, and it's going to be hard for you to feel full. So really sticking to your reverse and then getting to your point where you're like, oh, okay, like I'm not starving all the time. I'm not, you know, craving food. I'm not thinking about food all the time. Like now I kind of have an idea of what I need to eat to maintain. And now I'm going to try an intuitive approach. Yeah. Yeah. So emphasis on that part, but yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's the plan. And, uh, I think, I mean, that's the first time I told you that too. So yeah. Yeah. And the same thing with not working with a coach. So that's something mm -hmm. that I'm sure we'll talk about more that's this weekend or, or not because yeah. all things wedding, but, um, uh, Marissa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you'll have me back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, this has been fun and, and I hope that, um, you know, our listeners have found something to take out of this that like you can see progress without having to be super strict or without having to do anything extreme or something that you don't necessarily enjoy. So, um, this was really great. And, um, I know that you have to hop off here soon and I've got a screaming baby. Hopefully that was edited out. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Um, yeah. Shane, well, lo Shane loves hearing Colton. <laughs> but, um, yeah, thank you, uh, for opening up and, and telling us what's been going on and we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you haven't already, Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. You can find both of us on Instagram. You can find me at Christy Lynn Fit. Marissa is at Marissa Roy Fitness. Thank you guys so much for listening and we hope to see you back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something from it. Please remember that Christina and I are not medical professionals, so if you're going to make any changes to your exercise or nutrition routines, please consult with your doctor or medical team first. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next Tuesday here at the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast.